you want to plan a Disney vacation but don't know where to start? Let the experts at FTM Travel customize a Disney vacation tailored to your family. FTM Travel has earned the distinction of being named a Disney earmarked agency with a dedicated team that is ready to help you with all of your Disney destination dreams. From Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, and Aulani in Hawaii, let our agents turn your vacation dreams into your dream vacation. Visit our website at www.ftmtravel, so that's F like fairy, T like trip, M like mother, or email us at info at ftmtravel.com. Be sure to mention that you heard about them on the Rebecca Enchanted podcast. Welcome to episode 22 of Rebecca Enchanted. I'm Rebecca Mitchell, your fairy pod mother. In this episode, I'm going to talk about Disneyland. We're going to go over the on-site resorts there. I'll make a couple of suggestions for off-site resorts. And then I will talk about the two parks, of course, Disneyland and then California Adventure. I know I've had a couple of trip reports uh, from Disneyland, but I realized that we'd really never gone over kind of the details of the parks. So here we go. There are three on-site resorts at Disneyland. The first is Paradise Pier. It is, they don't really have the tiers of like value, moderate, and deluxe there. So I would put Paradise Pier more in the moderate category. And it is within walking distance to the parks. And it is very nice. The, I love the carpeting. It's like sand. It, it looks like sand. It obviously doesn't feel like sand. But it is a very nice hotel. Um, and especially a little bit more budget friendly if you do want to stay on property. And then there is the Disneyland Hotel, which is kind of the classic um, you know, it's the original hotel there. I love this hotel. It's my that's where I choose to stay when I go there. The headboards light up and play a dream as a wish your heart makes and I absolutely love it. And it is a little bit larger but very walkable, uh, very and then very easy to walk through downtown Disney to both of the parks. And then the Grand Californian. So the Grand Californian actually has an entrance right into California Adventure in and out, I guess. And it is the usually the most expensive when you look at the options. It's been recently refurbished. It is gorgeous. Um, think Wilderness Lodge at um, Disney World, but quite a bit more, I would say, like opulent, I guess. But it has that same wooded tone and like National Parks Lodge feel to it. As far as choosing to stay at an on-site resort, you don't get, I would say, as many advantages as you do at Disney World, but for Disneyland, you get early admission to Disneyland or Disney or California Adventure, depending on which day is offering it, which park is offering it for which day, and that can be extremely beneficial. I think you heard both Monica and Laura in their trip reports talk about how much they accomplished like in that first hour that it was open to just the Disneyland Resort guests, and um, I can attest to it. It is 
I think well worth it, well worth staying on site for that because you can hit some of those big headliner rides and get that all done before anybody's even in the park with you. So that's the main advantage. The other advantage is just the walkability. All the resorts are very walkable to the parks, very easy to walk. Um, but I will say that some of the good neighbor hotels obviously are very walkable too. So it's not as much of an advantage, but that early admission is really the key advantage here. So speaking of good neighbor hotels, they, because, you know, there's only three on-site resorts, there are many, 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 many good neighbor hotels, uh, right by Disneyland. Uh, it's very different from Disney World in that aspect because they're all along uh, just the perimeter, really, of the property. Um, Harbor Boulevard is where most of them are. And I do want to just point out m the one that I recommend the most to clients, and it is the Fairfield Inn. At it's called Fairfield Inn Anaheim Resort. It is right across the street from the promenade. Um, it's very easy to get in and out. You do not have to have a shuttle. Um, so if you do stay at a good neighbor hotel, there are, you know, there is Anaheim Resort transportation that you can add on to your package and take that bus to get to the parks. But with the Fairfield Inn, you just walk. It's very, very, very easy. So that is the one I recommend the most if you are going to stay at a good neighbor hotel simply for the walkability of it. So I do want to talk about Disney's Max Pass, which is their Fast Pass system, before I get into the parks, because I will be pointing out things that do have Fast Pass availability, and um, I wanted to give you kind of an overview of what Max Pass is. So Max Pass is something you can add in addition to your ticket. It is $10 per person per day. And what this does is allows you to make your fast passes one at a time from your phone, you know, your the app in your phone. And otherwise, if you do not do MaxPass, the way that Disneyland operates with their fast pass system is the fast passes are still one at a time, but you get them at a kiosk that is near the ride. So having MaxPass prevents you from having to like go all the way over to Big Thunder Mountain to get a fast pass for it. Um, you, you know, to come back to later, two hours later to ride it. So basically it's saving you those steps in the park and it helps you plan your day quite a bit better. In addition to the max pass, um, to the fast pass capabilities of max pass, also you then get your photo pass downloads for the day as well. So that $10 per person is the capability to make your fast passes from the app in your phone and the photo pass uh, downloads. So with that being said, um, I think it's well worth that $10, um, especially to save some steps throughout the day. Um, it's easy to say that, you know, as one person, you know, if you've got a family of five or six, your mileage might vary on that, but you'll have to decide what it's worth to you. And that is $10 per person per day, as I said, and you can add that onto your ticket um, when you get there in the park. Um, you can purchase the tickets with max pass um, but I'll say as a travel agent we don't have that option for just ticket only purchases yet but we do have the option when we do a package for you so um, just so you know kind of how that works um, so it's it's 
very easy to use once you get into the system. It's it's a little bit hard to explain, but that's something you definitely want to research before you go. And um, just like Disney World with their fast passes, there are definitely better things to use your fast passes on at Disneyland. And I will talk about those kind of um, recommended fast pass rides as we get into each of the parks. Okay, so first I want to talk about Disneyland, and Disneyland is the first park, so historically it has all of the Walt Disney history there. You will see uh, Walt's apartment you can see. Um, you can't go in usually, but unless you're on a special tour, but Walt's apartment that above the fire station on Main Street that has a light that remains lit all the time to honor his memory, and um, it's really neat to learn those little tidbits as you're going through the park, so always feel free to ask some cast members, um, you know, where you can find things of historical significance there. Okay, so this is a hub and spoke park like Magic Kingdom. I will be making a lot of comparisons to Magic Kingdom because they are very similar. And um, I'm just going to go around counterclockwise, go around the park. Uh, and so as you walk down Main Street, you are heading towards Sleeping Beauty Castle, which is the landmark for this park. And then you head off to the right, and that is to Tomorrowland, which is where you'll find Astro Orbiter, which is like Dumbo, but with spaceships. And then you will also find Space Mountain. And their Space Mountain gets rethemed, uh, sometimes Star Wars, sometimes for Halloween, different things. Uh, I enjoy that Space Mountain a lot, actually. That is a great, great, great use of your Fast Pass. So that is a really good one to use that on. And then you'll find Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters. And that is a kind of a laser shooting game where you earn points. Really fun, very good use of Fast Pass there. And then also in Tomorrowland is where you'll find Star Tours, which is the Star Wars motion simulator ride over there. And that is also a good use of a Fast Pass. So those would be the three Fast Passes you'd want to use in Tomorrowland. You would want to use it for... Um, for Star Tours, you would want to use it for Buzz Lightyear and for Space Mountain. All right, so going counterclockwise from Tomorrowland, you will head into Fantasyland. And in Fantasyland, the first thing you'll kind of run into there is the Finding Nemo submarine ride. And this basically just, it used to be 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but it's been rethemed for Finding Nemo. It is a sweet little ride, especially if you have little ones, it's nice. But you are kind of like cramped into a little submarine. So just keep that in mind if you have any sort of like space issues, claustrophobic issues, that kind of thing. And then the next one, uh, kind of as you go along, would be Matterhorn Bobsleds. This is a roller coaster with a height requirement, and you would want to use a Fast Pass for it. It is unique to Disneyland, so um, I think it's really fun to ride on. It's it's I really like it, so I recommend doing a Fast Pass for that one for sure. And then you can kind of head back further, and you would run into It's a Small World. And so It's a Small World is it, it's a little bit different here than it is at at Magic Kingdom. I think it's a little bit longer. It incorporates Disney characters into the vignettes. So, and the, the facade outside is really, really, really neat. So I really like it. It is themed for the holidays, um, for Christmas. If you go, they have an overlay that's just gorgeous. So that is definitely worth checking out. And then you can kind of work your way 
back. It's that's kind of on the fringe of fantasy land. You can work your way kind of back through, and you'll have the teacups. You have Pinocchio's daring journey. You have Snow White's scary adventures. And so these are all considered like they're considered dark rides. So you go in and you're just on like a ride vehicle of some sort and you are, um, you know, just taken through this ride. But that's what these are considered. They don't have height requirements. And so it's kind of nice to stick around this area for sure when you have little ones. Um, so continuing in Fantasyland, they have Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and Peter Pan's Flight. And they do not... these rides that I've just mentioned do not have fast pass opportunities. Um, so that is something to keep in mind that you will want to do these early in the morning or later in the evening, but maybe kind of stay away. You can always check the app for wait times, but if you're there on a busy day, you would not want to um, really be there, I would say midday, because that's where most of the crowd is. And it's Disneyland was is smaller, so you it's not. I don't feel like it's built for the crowds that it gets. Um, it gets a little congested, especially in Fantasyland. Okay, also in Fantasyland, you'll find the Storybook Land canal boats, which I absolutely love. It's just like a sweet little boat ride through some of the stories, uh, the Disney stories, and then also you'll see their K Casey Junior's Circus Train. And then also Alice in Wonderland, um, which is another lovely little dark ride. Really like that one as well. So this Fantasyland has, um, I think it has a few, and there's a carousel, of course, and um, you can meet princesses too. Dumbo's over there. The Dumbo ride is there as well. So there's definitely a lot to do in Fantasyland. It's really a sweet area. Um, just gives you like really good, you know, like, like really Disney historical vibes. It's really, really nice. Okay. And then heading out of Fantasyland, still counterclockwise, I would put this at like the 12 of the clock. Um, so we're right at the top is Mickey's Toontown. And this is really, really sweet. It has, this is wonderful for kids that need to like run off some energy. Um, there's a playhouse, Goofy's Playhouse. They have Gadget's Go Coaster. There's also a Roger Rabbit themed ride back there. Uh, Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. That's for any height. And um, not to mention, you can meet a lot of characters back there. There's a tree house that is... Um, again, a good place to run off some energy. So this is a really sweet land for little ones. And they, they it does close a little bit earlier, I think because of the fireworks and, and setting those up. So just keep that in mind that if you are going to head back to that area that you do need to do that earlier in the day. And then continuing counterclockwise, you will run into Frontierland. And this is where you will find Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which is a good use of Fast Pass, and I really, I like this one better than uh, Disney World, Magic Kingdom. I think that this one is really fun. I mean, I think they're both fun, but um, I, I seem to like the one at Disneyland a little bit better. And then here you'll also find the Sailing Ship Columbia, which is um, just kind of a boat ride around the, the river, and then also you will find Pirate's Lair on Tom Sawyer Island. 
they used, I'm looking here to see if they still have canoes. They used to have these like Davy Crockett canoe. They sure do. Okay. Davy Crockett Explorer canoes. Um, and that actually is over in Critter Country. So I'll talk about it over there, but you can actually, um, get in a canoe and, and canoe in, on the river. It's really cool actually. Um, so yeah, Frontierland just has Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and, um, the Columbia Sailing Ship and then also the Tom Sawyer's Island. Okay, as I mentioned, heading counterclockwise, you'll run into Critter Country. And the, the Davy Crockett canoes, I think, are really unique. I don't know where you can really find that much in a theme park where you can get in a canoe and row on the river. So that is a fun, just really different activity to do there. And then you'll also find in Critter Country Splash Mountain, which I do recommend a fast pass for. And then The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which is a really sweet uh, ride for the whole family that does not have a height requirement. Critter Country, you'll often find, is just a little bit quieter than some of the areas. Um, that may change, of course, as I will talk about with um, Star Wars Galaxy Edge opening up here um, in 2019, but um, I it is a nice little quiet area, I think, most of the time to kind of get away. If you've got a little one that needs some, a little bit more quiet, um, then that is a really kind of a good area to rest and hang out in. So leaving Critter Country, you will run into New Orleans Square, and that is where you will find the Haunted Mansion. As I've mentioned on previous podcasts, the Haunted Mansion gets an overlay for the holidays for Halloween and Christmas with the Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. It's super cool. It does offer a fast pass, and I definitely recommend that during those times especially. Um, you may or may not need it other times, but um, it's very busy during the holidays. Something I wanted to mention, which I have not mentioned, and I apologize, is that most of the lines are outside at Disneyland. So you will be queuing up outside, and then once you get into the building, you're pretty much on the ride. So I just don't want you to feel like, oh my goodness, this whole line out here, and then, you know, the line, there'll be more of a line inside. It doesn't really work like that there. They don't have to take into account the weather as much as they do in Florida. So um, I just wanted to mention that as you're preparing yourself for your trip. Okay, and then continuing in Adventureland, you will find, or excuse me, in New Orleans Square, you will find Pirates of the Caribbean. And I really like this one here. I think it's fun. Um, I think it's a little bit longer, and I think I like it more, but um, it's it's super fun. It does not offer a fast pass, so you will want to either hit it up in the morning or the evening or just keep an eye on the wait times. I have personally waited five minutes for it and also personally waited 45 minutes for it, which I do not like to do. So just keep an eye on those wait times in the app. Okay. And then leaving New Orleans Square, you will head into Adventureland. Adventureland is where you will find the Jungle Cruise, um, which is just a classic, classic ride at Disneyland. And you will also find Indiana Jones Adventure. I think, yes, Indiana Jones Adventure. That's one of my favorite rides there. It has a fast pass. Highly recommend it. It is one of the most popular rides there, and it's super fun. Um, it does have a height requirement of 46 inches, so it is kind of one of the bigger thrill rides there, but um, it's it's a really fun ride. Really, 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 really like it. And then that's also where you will find the Enchanted Tiki Room, 
and then also Tarzan's Treehouse. So I mentioned this because it you might skip over it. Um, it's one of my son's favorite things to do there. It's another one of those things that kind of like lets them run off some steam. Um, and it's it's a lot like the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse at Disney World, uh, but it's just themed Tarzan. And I really like it. Um, it's fun. It's another kind of like step away from the going, going, going from attraction to attraction to just kind of take some time and enjoy yourselves. And throughout the park, you'll find um, characters. They, they, they're more free roaming at Disneyland, um, but they, of course, some of them do have the princesses have their own meeting spots and Mickey and Minnie back in Mickey's Toontown. And, but you, you can use the app to find out where the characters are, but you will see them roaming around quite a bit more at Disneyland and it's not, I want to say it's like not as big of a deal there, um, or it's just easier to access the characters there. Uh, Tinkerbell has her own little meeting spot. Um, so you'll find those on the map as you go. Um, and then a couple, they have some really neat shows, some good princess shows and making the magic map. And then also, um, I didn't mention over in Tomorrowland, but they do have a star Wars launch bay over there. And that has, um, or excuse me, it's called Star, yeah, it is Star Wars Launch Bay. Um, and that's where you can meet characters for Star Wars. And um, also, you know, there's some historical stuff there for Star Wars fans as well. So um, there's more to Disneyland than I mentioned here, certainly, but I just wanted to kind of give an overview of the highlights here. Okay, so that pretty much does it for Disneyland. So we will now walk across the promenade and head over to California Adventure. And California Adventure is literally that easy to walk to. I mean, we're talking like two to three minute walk, maybe at the most, if you're, if you're, maybe if you're crawling across. Um, so, and I'm not a fast walker, so it is very easy to walk across, which is why I recommend a park hopper ticket if you are going to Disneyland, because it is so easy to just pop over um, to the, between the two parks. Very, very, very easy. Okay, as you head into California Adventure, you'll hit uh, Buena Vista Street, and we'll just kind of take this one counterclockwise as well. It doesn't, it's not as much of a hub and spoke, but you know, you do, it is kind of circular enough that we can do it in that manner. So first you will head over and you'll find the area called Grizzly Peak. And this is where you will find Soren, um, which is basically the exact same as it is at, at Epcot at Disney World. And then you'll also find Grizzly River Run here. And that is a water ride. You will get wet for sure. So keep that in mind as you're doing it. That has a height requirement of 42 inches. And sorry, I should have said about Soren, that has a height requirement of 40 inches. Soren offers fast pass. I definitely recommend that for that ride. And um, and then Grizzly River Run also offers fast passes. That varies, I think, based on your time of year, whether or not you need that. So just keep an eye on the uh, app to see wait times or if that's going to be a good use of your fast passes there. All right. Also in Grizzly Peak, in the Grizzly Peak area, you're going to find the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. And this is another kind of unique thing. It's got some rope bridges and you can slide down some logs and climb rock walls and that kind of thing. So this is another great 
opportunity to let your kids be kids and just run around and burn off some of that energy that they seem to have an endless amount of when we just can't even barely drag ourselves to the next area of the park. But um, they all of a sudden, you know, have all sorts of energy when it comes to that kind of thing. And again, it's really unique and a great area to just let them be kids. All right, continuing counterclockwise here, you will find Pixar Pier. This has just been rethemed, and it is like a, an old-fashioned boardwalk pier type thing. So um, you'll find some kind of like carnival games, that kind of thing, and then you'll find some smaller rides like the Golden Zephyr, which is fun, and um, the um, Jesse's Critter Carousel, Jumpin' Jellyfish, uh, also, right along in that area, you'll find Little Mermaid, Ariel's Undersea Adventure, which is very similar to um, the one at Disney World. So um, that's a fun one to hit up while you're there. And then they have like the Pixar um, Pal Around, which is the big uh, Ferris wheel that you see in most of the pictures. And Silly Symphony Swings is over there as well. Toy Story Midway Mania. But really, the big headliner over there is the Incredicoaster. And this is definitely one I recommend a fast pass for. And taking advantage of that early morning admission if you're a, a resort guest. But the Incredicoaster, this one does, um, it has a height requirement of 48 inches. It's a big thrill ride. Like, it is a thrill ride. Uh, I have not been on it since it's been reimagined into the Incredicoaster. But I've heard nothing but good things and will be riding on it soon. It's probably top on my list. And then as you're leaving the Pixar Pier area, I do want to quick mention the Pacific Wharf area just because this has so much good food. So if you're going to be here, that is the Pacific Wharf area is where I would definitely plan to eat while you're there. So plan your day accordingly because it's it has so many great options. And then as you're leaving there, um, you'll head over to Cars Land. And this area is unique to to California Adventure, to the Disneyland Resort. And um, it is so incredibly themed. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Cars movies, I'll be honest, but I love this area. It is so immersive and you, it just like puts a smile on your face how neat it is. Um, and it really changes from day to night. It's really, really, really neat. So they have um, Luigi's Rockin' Roadsters, which is kind of a smaller ride. It has a height requirement of 32 inches. And then Mater's uh, Junkyard Jamboree, which actually gets rethemed for Halloween and Christmas. Um, and that one also has a 32-inch height requirement. So those are kind of just some fun rides there. But the big ride there is Radiator Springs Racers. And this ride is amazing. It does require, it doesn't require, but it has a fast pass. Highly recommend fast pass. It's probably um, between that and Credit Coaster and Guardians of the Galaxy should be, which I'll talk about next, uh, will be your top priorities for fast passes at this park. Um, Radiator Springs Racers has a 40 inch height requirement. It does also have a single rider line. So if you um, have a smaller party or want somebody wants to ride it again or you don't mind if you don't sit together using that single rider line is a really great way to reduce your wait time there okay heading out of cars land you'll head into hollywood land and this is where you will find guardians of the galaxy mission breakout and this is a thrill ride it has a fast pass it usually has a long wait so i highly recommend using the fast pass option for this 
and um, it does, I can't, I can't remember if I said, but it has a 40 inch height requirement. It is, I have not been on it yet since it's been rethemed, but I have heard nothing but amazing things about it. So that's really cool. You'll definitely want to go on that. And then over in this area is also where you will find the frozen uh, show. And this is a like a Broadway caliber production at Disneyland. It is uh, totally incredible. It, it's more than just like a 15 minute show. I mean, it, and it's well worth waiting a little bit for to get a good seat. Uh, I, it's like not to be missed when you go there. It's totally amazing. And then also this is where you'll find Turtle Talk with Crush and you'd be able to meet Anna and Elsa over here as well in Hollywood land. Also over in Hollywood land is where you'll find the Monsters, Inc. So Mike and Sully to the rescue, which is fun. It's like just a cute little ride. Um, does not have a fast pass. So I don't, and I don't think it usually has a super long wait and I don't recommend waiting a very long time for it, but it is really adorable, especially if you have a Monsters, Inc. fan in your party. Okay, so that is just another kind of quick overview of California Adventure. Um, World of Color is their evening show, so I wanted to bring that up. It is amazing. It's water projections. It is, I think, my favorite nighttime show at any of the Disney parks. It is truly not to be missed. I, I really, really love that. Um, and then also, of course, there you know there's more than I've mentioned. You can meet a lot more characters. Uh, this is a nice, easy park, I think, um, although it does have a lot of like headline attractions uh it's it's more leisurely paced there's just less to do than across the street at disneyland but i really do enjoy this park a lot and especially if you're taking older kids to disneyland um with the thrill rides here that is really what they're after usually and so this one kind of appeals to the older kids a little bit more so shifting gears, I do want to talk a little bit about the changes that are coming to Disneyland. So Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to be opening in the summer of 2019 at Disneyland. So it's going to open at Disneyland before it opens at Disney World. And um, so that will significantly impact the crowds, of course, here. I mean, it's going to... It's going to be busy next summer. There's no getting around that. Like it is going to be busy. So uh, you either want to be included in that or avoid that. Uh, just especially if you're really, really a huge Star Wars fan, plan your trip out here instead of Disney World um, if you want to, you know, be the first to see kind of what, what Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is all about. In addition, they are building a new superhero area at California Adventure. So uh, before it was a bug's land and so it's a cute little area for smaller kids, um, but that has been closed and it is now being turned into a whole superhero themed area. So uh, we don't have an opening date yet on, on that, but of course it will be you know, top of the line, uh, you know, the latest technology, I think it's going to be, of course, spectacular. So um, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention about Disneyland, um, one of the things I hear a lot from clients or people I talk to about Disney is that it takes so much planning, like Disney World, you have to plan so far in advance, and you don't want to be scheduled maybe all the time like that. If you're that type of person, Disneyland might be more for you. It is less scheduled, um, especially if it's, you know, scheduled less far in advance because everything is same day. Those fast passes you're getting 
are that day. There, you're not scheduling anything ahead of time. Um, you can schedule dining reservations 60 days ahead of time. So it's not as necessary for Disneyland to prepare, you know, so you don't have to do six months in advance, that kind of thing. Uh, so if you're more spontaneous or more don't want to plan ahead, or you want a vacation that includes Disney, but maybe isn't all about Disney, then um, Disneyland might be the right choice for you because there are other options, of course, in California. And um, so you might do Disneyland for two or three days and then, you know, head to another another area in California. I've had clients do that and they go kind of do the Hollywood area or Santa Monica, that kind of thing. Um, or just go to the beach and enjoy. So um, that this Disneyland might be for you if that's kind of how you like to plan your vacations. I love Disneyland. I can't recommend it highly enough. I don't feel like I go often enough. Uh, I would like to go there more. Uh, it's just like a little bit easier for me to get to Florida. So that's usually my default and where I end up going. But Disneyland is it's really special and I really love it. So um, I do recommend it, especially, as I mentioned, if you're not as much of a planner, it's easier. And if you um, kind of like the simplicity of it, like being able to walk to everything, that's fantastic. Or if you've done Disney World a few times and you're ready for something different, Disneyland is for you. Okay, that is going to wrap it up on this episode about Disneyland. As always, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube at Rebecca Enchanted. And I do love hearing from you guys. So feel free to reach out with any questions and I'll see you real soon.